Hello and welcome to Love as a Business Strategy. It is a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. We're here to talk about business and we want to tackle topics that most business leaders shy away from. And we believe that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business. I'm your host, Jeff Ma. I'm a director at Softway. It's an agency based out of Houston that specializes in digital transformation, culture, and branding. Now, each episode, we're going to be diving into one element of business or strategy and testing our theory against it. What does love play as a role in different elements of business and strategy? And today, we want to talk about digital transformation. We want to talk about what it is, what it looks like for companies to go through, and of course, fill in the blank of what does love play as a role within it. So with me, I have some usual suspects. First of all, we have Frank Dana. Frank, welcome Hello. to the show again. Um, I'm, I'm curious, what are what are you watching on Netflix right now? What's what's your favorite show? So right now, it's it's got to be, well, I'm re-watching Watchmen. Um, mm. So it's not a Netflix show, it's HBO show, but I'm telling sure. you, it is one of the best shows in the past decade. Um, and The Last Kingdom uh, is really good. It's really fun. It's like every episode is the equivalent of an entire season of Game of Thrones. I'm not even kidding. It's like, how did all that stuff just happen <laughs> in this one episode? But those, those are the two that I'm watching right now. And is The Floor is, is, that, okay. the floor is Lava. Are, are any of those on Netflix? Oh, floor is Lava is on Netflix. Floor of Lava, floor is lava and The Last Kingdom, those are both on Netflix. Thank you. I asked for one show, but I'll take that's fine. Okay, and we also have Mohammed Anwar, our president and CEO. Um, how are you, Mohammed? I'm doing very good, Jeff. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, so I wrote a question down here for you. Uh, what kind of music do you listen to while you work out? <laughs> and yeah. So it depends. <laughs> it depends on on the type of workout. I'm doing so mm -hmm, usually mm -hmm. it's uh, EDM sure. uh, for most part for <laughs> uh, you know I usually try to do high intensity workouts and high with intervals and I like the EDM music sure so <laughs> I guess that's what you want to tell people but one time we were working out and his music <laughs> ended up playing on the speakers and it was um, it was some slow jams right it was what was it Frank you remember? I can't even remember. It was, it was like, like, it was some 90s. It was close I to guess, pop. Yeah, it was Enya or something. I don't, it was, <laughs> oh God. I, was, I was hoping he'd share it publicly, but apparently he's, he's somewhat embarrassed by it. So we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> so back to our topic, we want to talk about digital transformation. I think a great place to start is to level set real quick for our audience. What is digital transformation, Mo? I'm going to turn that over to you. Can you give us a textbook definition of digital transformation? Sure. It's when organizations use technology, process, and people uh, as a system and look at uh, improving business outcomes and business performance. They look at radically rethinking how you approach technology, process, and people as components of your strategy to increase business outcomes. Now, in a in a in a more easily relatable sense. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a bunch of you asked that me for a textbook te definition. It was textbook, yes. Okay. Yes. But in 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 uh, normal terms, it's how organizations are adapting to use 
technology and different ways of working and producing um, new forms of interactions for customers and are getting uh, results for your customers or changing how uh, certain services are rendered or products are received uh, down to like how you might order food through drive-through now with using digital t uh, platforms through your phone or coming down to how your doctor's visit at the hospital is now all, all electronic and you get to fill out all of this stuff on an iPad and the doctor uses a computer to look up your uh, patient information history and use all of that to submit uh, a prescription to your pharmacy like Which all of those are, are great to? examples <laughs> i had a clipboard and a pen oh. right so, so all of those are examples of uh, yeah all of those are examples some simple examples of what the uh, you know what it results in how digital transformation can help result in those experiences for the consumers or your employees that changes the way they work and become more efficient and improve your business performance and improve outcomes. Um, so that's essentially what digital transformation is. We see it in anybody all here, forms over here. Yeah, anybody here fans of Chipotle? I mean, so like I'm a, did you say of course under your breath? Yeah, yeah. Of course, yes. Of course. So uh, something I was, I was looking at is, you know, Chipotle has heavily invested in their mobile app. And about two or three years ago, it was not a very easy to use system. You, mobile ordering was just not part of the deal. And then they really invested in digital transformation and making sure that their mobile ordering was like up to par, right? So then the pandemic hits, the lockdown happens in March and their digital sales grew more than 102% in the month of March. So what we're seeing is that customers were sheltering in place, but they were still ordering those delicious burritos for delivery and for pickup. And so they were able to transform themselves. They were able to reimagine their business in the digital age and, you know, catapult themselves to success even in the midst of a pandemic. So that's the type of thing that digital transformation can actually bring to even an end user, a consumer of burrito. Yeah. Got it. But so agreed. It, it can be broadly defined and it can be different for every company, but there is this element of, of, of reimagining re and redefining your offerings, your, your products and the way you work as well. So, you know, according to Forbes, however, 84% of companies who attempt a digital transformation ultimately end up failing. So I want to talk a little bit about that. You know, why do you guys think that is? Mohammed, you want to start us sure. off? Sure. So in the example that Frank gave, right, digital transformation is not just building the app that allows you to order, you know, Chipotle easier for consumers. There's a lot of things that go behind the scenes because there's a lot of workflows and process optimizations you have to tie into the mobile app so that, you know, it's going to the right restaurant. It's the people in the back of the kitchen are receiving the order details in a format that allows them to prioritize which orders to cook first or prepare first, uh, down to how um, that uh, app is created. Is it taken into consideration the user experience from the people lens, the customer lens? Um, down to who's coming up with the ideas to do it. Are the people building the app connected to the business enough? Or is it just IT trying to do it on their own? So there are like a lot of factors that go into it from the technology side, the process side, and then the people side. But for an organization to go on their digital transformation journey, 
a lot of the times that leads to failures inside of these organizations is that they invest or focus last on the people component of a digital transformation. Um, some of the top leading reasons for why digital transformations fail is poor leadership or lack of alignment between IT and business um, or poor employee engagement down to poor communications. So when you look at all of these top reasons why digital transformations fail, it all attributes back to people. From the culture, leader. It sounds like culture, right? Yeah, and people, what I'm saying is it starts from the system, yep. goes to people, and then from there, what we notice is that the reason that these things fail at the people level is because of the culture of the organization. And you take that a level deeper, it comes down to behaviors of the people, starting with the leader's behavior. And so at a high level, 84% of the digital transformations are failing out there because of people issues and people problems. And in that whole ecosystem of technology, process, and people, the people component is what is leading to failure. However, what happens is organizations are investing more and more of their money and time on the technology side or the process side and investing the least amount into the people component of the digital mm -hmm. transformation. Yeah. And so they're unable to focus on the foundations and get it set right to increase their chances of success. And we've seen this happen um, with many of the customers that we've dealt with. And uh, that, that, that seems to be the highest uh, attribution factors for why these organizations are failing with their digital transformation. I mean, so, so like, let's talk about that 84%, right? So what is the end result of failing in a digital transformation in these, in these situations? What are some of those things that, that you have seen, um, you know, as a result of what happens when a digital transformation fails? Sure. So ultimately they come to the conclusion that, oh, it's people were the issue, people were the problem. And so leaders who are in the position of power will end up saying, okay, so let's just change the people out. Let's just go ahead and reorg the business. Let's change out the structure of the how people are organized since people is the problem. And they still go to process. They're like, oh, if people fail, let's change the process around people. But they don't look at the real root cause, which is stemming from behaviors and mindsets. And remember, I said the number one reason why digital transformations fail is because of poor leadership. And when you look at leaders of a lot of these organizations, um, the large corporations, a lot of the leaders have grown in the ranks of that hierarchical organization um, through behaviors and mindsets that were indeed got them success in those old ways of doing work, right? And in a digital transforming world, uh, the old ways of hierarchy and structure are not going to be conducive for a digital transformation. So when you have leaders who have reached success and have uh, climbed the ladders in their organization through uh, behaviors that were successful back then, and they try to apply the same mindsets and philosophies to a digital transformation, it doesn't go hand in hand. And they're unable to succeed with the same practices that they had before. So ultimately it must start with the leaders changing their behaviors, right? So that's how we bring it back to the behavior that ultimately leads to better culture. 
And that culture then enables the teams and the people to be higher performing. And when they are able to be higher performing in that right conducive environment, they then make better decisions around processes. And then they are able to bring better innovation and ideas to technology because they are not operating under constant fear, fear of repercussion, a fear of failure, or they're not afraid to speak up. They're not afraid to uh, bring their ideas forth without being embarrassed. Yeah, and, there, had, there, uh, there had to be a guy who had a, a leader that was comfortable enough to be, bring that burrito button idea to him, you know? Like he, <laughs> he's like, let's make a burrito button. And you have to have a leader that's willing to like hear that and not freak out. Exactly, exactly. And that's why leaders and their behaviors are uh, at the core of why a lot of these digital transformations fail. And I was just thinking about like what we've seen, what we've experienced with our clients as well is, you know, we've seen multiple iterations of, of digital transformations that have failed over the course of time. And what you were talking about just now also connects to that because it creates a fear of failure. It creates a fear of innovation. We messed up. So now we reorg, we move people, we shift people around because people were the problem. And then people see that and they go, we don't want to be a part of this. So we're going to slow down our innovation. We're going to reduce the risk. And what that ends up doing is reducing your competitive advantage. And so with these, these organizations that were top of their game, world-class are now slowly falling in the ranks and are no, no longer able to lead an industry because of these, these, this consistent failure in this space and not learning from that failure, not growing from it as a result of digital transformations, but instead of reducing risk and reducing opportunity to grow. And with that, that mindset, it's not conducive to, to having any sort of competitive advantage. Yep, absolutely. And again, bringing back to the, the three components of digital transformation, which is yeah. you know, technology, process, and people, what happens is when you look at the behaviors of the leaders uh, grown in a traditional hierarchical organization, if they are unable to trust their people and you can see that reflected in the processes that are defined you know in a digital transformation sense you're you're you're, you're optimizing your processes for efficiency but right. what happens is if the people are starting from a lens of you know lack of trust or lack of empowerment then you'll see all of the processes that they will introduce will be to verify, to have increased bureaucracy, to have increased reviews and steps for approvals. And they'll just automate the whole thing. They'll just make it instead of paper, they'll bring it into a, a, a website or an application. So but it's ultimately, it's digital, but <laughs> it's really not optimizing the process. It's not bringing out efficiency because their mindsets and their behaviors uh, that are still plaguing them from their past success is applied in this digital transformation in terms of process. Then you look at the teams because the teams have constantly have to um, justify why they made a mistake and how they've been penalized or have had punitive you know, reaction to their mistakes or failures leads the teams to be far more conservative and risk averse. So what are they gonna do? They're gonna be afraid to bring that next burrito button idea forward mm -hmm. because they're afraid, what if my boss doesn't like this? And so they don't bring good ideas. They are not able to unlock innovation. 
and fuel that innovation because they're stemming from fear and they are more risk averse. And so they end up creating poor <laughs> technology uh, tool sets out there. And with the combination of that, you're really not you know, su succeeding with the outcomes you originally set out to achieve with your digital transformation strategy. And the world would be denied a one-touch burrito access. Oh my gosh, that's would a be a tragedy. Which would be a travesty for sure. So, so let me let me bring this around a little bit. If we understand the problems uh, that right. that these can face, what is the solution? Like, what what are we supposed to be doing to make digital? How do we not be that eighty-four percent? Love Frank, baby. you want to you want to take a jab at that one? No, I want you to take a jab at it. <laughs> No, seriously, you take a job at it. <laughs> I think there's a, I think there's a lot to unpack on this, right? Yeah. So yeah, we got to start. We got to start somewhere. Frank, you want to start with love? You, I think, I think, I think love is going to be a punchline in this podcast, time and time again. But I, let, let's start with it. So, how does love actually factor into something like digital transformation? Well, Muhammad's just laid it out for us. If we have a culture that's built around behaviors that create trust that create opportunities for feedback and innovation, um, where you're giving emp real empowerment to teams. I mean, that's when we say love is a business strategy, what we're talking about is all of those components that factor into love. It's a, it's a word that emphasizes action, right? And so love can play a big role because when you're giving empowerment to people, when you're allowing people to innovate without risk of failure, when you're truly caring for people's well-beings and you're giving that trust over to them, that's ultimately when you're gonna see progress and innovation and change that's positive, right? So when we say love, that's really what we're trying to talk about is that care, that compassion, that trust, the ability to have real relationships and, and feedback, all of those things are built into what can actually make a digital transformation succeed in the workplace. Yeah, I think I think this is, this could be some people's first episode. Exactly. So Love, yeah. love is, you know, love is in, in the title here, and it, it, it's worth redefining each time we talk about it. And you know, love, love in this context, it, it's important to remember that love is a feeling, but it's also an action. And I yeah. think that 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 act of love around the workplace, and not in that lovey dovey, cushy kind of "I love you," you know, emotional, purely emotional state, but love as in for humankind and decency and humanity is sometimes what we're talking about as well. Treat, treating people like people goes a very long way to assist the culture that you need, right? The, 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 the culture that you need to actually succeed. Exactly. So well, many organizations, sure, yeah. So so bringing it back to digital transformation with those three components, <laughs> so I would say the approach that we traditionally recommend our, our customers to go with is to focus on the people strategy. And not just saying I have a people strategy, but you know, truly having love at the core of your people strategy. And we start with the leadership. Since le poor leadership is the number one cause for why digital transformation fails out there, we start with the leaders mm -hmm. and we focus on their behavior change, their mindset change and shifting um, them to think more in terms of how do I serve my people and my teams to allow them to be successful. And my job as a leader and the behaviors I must demonstrate with my team is to allow them to be successful and remove their blocks and impediments 
to go out and do what they need to do for us to succeed in the strategy. And so we start with leadership behavior transformation that quickly translates into how do we now get the rest of the organization to model those same behaviors that leads to a cultural transformation. And yeah. then that culture transformation enables higher performing teams and people operating at a higher capacity and bringing their passion to work. And that's a core requirement for your overarching digital transformation strategy. So we focus on the people component of digital transformation to start off. And we then give them all the tools and enable that organization to transform the culture and hopefully let have that digital transformation led from within the organization and uh, led by their own teams, by their own people, because you can't have always an external consultant coming in to transform your organization. It has to come from within. And so if you invest into your people and transforming the culture with starting with leaders, you are able to successfully set the right foundations for a digital transformation. So that's how, that's how I would look at solving that problem. And I know many organizations have tried to do that. They have the right, right. idea. They know that they look at startups. They look at the startup culture mm -hmm. out there because today digital transformation is not limited to just larger corporations. A lot of the disruptive technology that's coming out there is coming from startups. And when you look at it, it's because of their culture that they're able to create this innovation and disruptive technologies. So a lot of larger organizations have tried to say, you know, embody like, hey, we're gonna bring a startup culture. We're gonna create yeah. this new initiative and create pods. We want you guys to operate like you're a startup, but then still bombard them with a whole bunch yeah. of bureaucracy on top of it and ultimately lead them to no success. Yeah, I, um, I love that analogy. I love that analogy mode because, you know, digital, like a lot of the startups in this digital age are, just just born disruptive right like they're just born uh, like digitally transformed and what people don't realize is that this is like a, a band a small band of people who are essentially like brothers and sisters in arms like they, they've gone through war because of the kind of the, the united front they've had to face together so they've been in the trenches and you know that like that kind of battle builds that true love and bond between each other that's such a critical element of when you say i want a startup mentality you need right. a startup culture and that startup culture doesn't exist if you form people in a pod and then put a manager above them that still has those expectations of a traditional hierarchy. So I love that analogy because that's, that's literal proof that like love has to kind of be the foundation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like sometimes I say th these organizations are better off creating a separate company or investing into a startup and letting them mature and then absorb <laughs> that technology or innovation into the large corporation, it's, it's right? True. Yeah. Uh, they're better off doing that than trying to artificially create a startup culture inside of their organization only to see it fail. So and it all like, starts with those behaviors and leadership. It does. And I mean, I, you know, again, pointing back to the actual relationships we have with our clients, we've seen this happen a few times. And the thing that we always ask is like, are you sure you want to say that you're willing to commit the time and energy to an actual startup culture? Right. Are you sure? Because the moment that which inevitably happens the moment that you start to your 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 eyes start to wane and you start to look elsewhere and some other thing becomes your priority as a manager that individual or that group of people 
that you've said, hey, I want you to be as innovative as possible. I want you to try and break all the rules. Once that's no longer the case, what is the outcome for that person? How does that make that person feel? They're again, being indoctrinated with the idea that we're, we don't really mean what we say in this organization. We're not gonna back up what we say with our actual behaviors. And that is going to create an organization that is not innovating, that is not pushing, and that is not disrupting. And you know, so what they want to strive to do, it's unfortunate because they don't have the commitment to back it up. Yep. And in this context, love needs to be translated as care, essentially, right? I think it is. Care. It is care. Yeah. Care for the care for the outcomes, care for the people, genuine, heartfelt care for what how the, how everyone gets through through it together. And it's even consistency, right? Like being willing to check in, be willing to engage, being willing to have empathy, all of those things still connect to the idea of of bringing love to the conversation. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, taking it to communication even, right? Like as a, as a leader, when you're trying to take your organization on this digital transformation journey, uh, even how you communicate with your teams and having empathy to be able to communicate to the last seat, last row and being able to explain to them what's in it for them with this digital transformation is so critical. A lot of the time, the leaders uh, forget that their communications um, aren't always as compelling to the last seat, last row, because they're talking EBITDA and you know revenue goals and and you know all these targets that at the end of the day might be you know awesome for a CEO or a, a leader to have to go achieve and succeed and tie their bonus to it. But what does it do? for the last seat, last row, what's their case for change? Why would they want to get on board with this transformation, right? So being able to even communicate from a, from a lens of empathy to the last seat, last row, and being able to have that even woven into your communication is so important. Mm -hmm. And to have empathy, you have to be able to care for your team, for your employees. And right. without that care, and understanding you're never going to take the time to empathize with them and if you don't do that you're not going to be able to successfully even communicate with them um, so there, there's so much of those elements of love and behavior that is so compulsory for transforming the culture uh, that ultimately leads to better outcomes with your digital transformation yeah, it, man, I, this is so. This is such a tangent. But have you ever read the the book, the children's books? Have you know, if you give a, a moose a muffin, or if you give a, a mouse a you cookie, give a mouse a cookie, you know? yeah. So it's cause and effect, right? It's like if this happens, then that happens. If that happens, then that happens. And foundationally, which we're, what we're talking about right now is to achieve digital transformation, to to not be part of that eighty four percent. It starts with the way you behave. That is the that is a place it begins for leaders to create that culture because leaders either create or destroy a culture and it starts with those behaviors. And if you, if you do that, then these other things follow. Absolutely. I mean, you might have short-term success. Don't get me wrong. There are yeah. organizations out there who can go build an app and have success, you know, in the short term until the startup out the, out the next street to them comes up with a better product and kills you. So, <laughs> or kills your product, right? So you might have short-term gains. <laughs> short-term success, short-term <laughs> outcomes achieved, but it's not going to last very long because, yeah. you know, you need to 
really look at transforming the whole organization um, from within. Awesome. So I think that that's a really good summary. And it, it also still begs many other questions. Obviously, this is a topic that we, we can talk at length about. And I think there's so many other avenues for us to dive in. But I, I really kind of want to just tie a bow on it here for this episode, because I think this was meant to be a very high level, you know, digital transformation at a glance. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we'll have time in the future to really dive into some of these more detailed topics, whether it's agile or the exact the cult, what culture really looks like in these spaces or the digital side of this. Um, yeah. A lot more to talk about here, but I want to appreciate you guys for your time and your insights here. It was a fun talk. Um, and to our listeners, thank you for your time. We love the feed. We love feedback in general. So, you know, softway.com slash labs, L-A-A-B-S. Uh, drop us a note there. Tell us what you thought. Tell us what works for you and what, what questions you have. We're, we're trying to challenge the notion that you know, that love doesn't belong in a workplace. So challenge us. Where, where do you think um, we, we could be talking about this some more for you to, to engage with? So with that, thank you guys all very much. This is Love as a Business Strategy. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Kat. Thanks, sir.